Welcome to the Humanity Matters Podcast, where we discuss and reflect on faith and philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social issues. We want to engage ideas on what it means to be a free human being in the pursuit of human flourishing. For more information, visit our website, philipfletcher.org. And now, the Humanity Matters Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Humanity Matters Weekly. I am your host, Philip Fletcher. I hope you are having a great uh, end of your week as I'm recording this. It's a Saturday. I hope it has been productive. I was able to go home, uh, my second home, Southern California, last week. That's why I didn't have anything published, but was able to see my sister-in-law get married just enjoy a great time in the wine country, go to San Diego, get me a good burrito in and out. Uh, but either way, it was great to get refreshed, see the beach and all that good stuff. And so back at it again. So thank you for joining me as you are watching this. So if you want to connect with me, uh, you can connect on any of the different social media outlets, whether that's Twitter or Facebook here on uh, YouTube. Subscribe, please. I would greatly appreciate it, as well as on the World Wide Web or the interwebs, as I've heard it uh, referred to. So I'd appreciate that very much. Hey, connect with me on Patreon. Five dollars. Five dollars. Get some great uh, material that I don't release on YouTube or over on my podcast, Humanity Matters Podcast where you find all your podcast content, but go over to Patreon, $5 membership, support the work that is going on here. So I continue to provide great content to you, beautiful people. I appreciate it in advance. And so today we are going to uh, look at Ibram Kendi's uh, book, Anti-Racist Baby anti-racist baby. So I was in uh, Target uh, a few weeks ago and saw the book and I said, hmm, well, that'd be interesting to do a review about. Why? Because there's been a lot of talk about um, critical race theory and all that good stuff. And uh you know, from the academic perspective, and then all the arguments about, hey, you know, but the critical race theory is not being taught in the public school system, right? Or, you know, charter schools, private schools, whatever, right? And I realized that part of the confusion was, is this idea between the theory that's typically being talked about, bantered about, peer-reviewed in the academic world, versus what is called the praxis, how that theory is kind of like boiled down into a digestible tidbits so that everyday people like, you know, persons that are not academically trained and, you know, don't want to wade through like 50 pages of peer review literature, so on and so forth, but it can be uh, communicated and also be used as an educational tool for individuals, 
And so as I was walking through Target, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a perfect example of praxis, right? Of how this can be applied, uh, elements of it, okay? I'm not going to uh, posit that Ibram Kendi is, all of his work is directly from critical race theory, but it does have some elements uh, that you can find in his work or uh, others, you know, Robin D'Angelo. I know she's got a new book out talking about <laughs> her projecting her inner feelings about being white, right? So on and so forth. But nonetheless, I wanted to talk about Ibram Kendi's anti-racist uh, baby and really treat this as a as a book review, if you will. I used to do book reviews back in the day and uh, found it uh, very helpful. So this is uh, the first time that I'm doing a book review um, using video, right? So I was like, hey, let's try it out. Uh, let's see uh, how this goes. And um, if it's helpful to you, please leave a comment. If it's helpful to you, please send me a email. That would be awesome as well. Uh, Humanity Matters Podcast at gmail.com. If there's something that you heard that you liked, if there's something that you disagree with, if there's something that uh, you had a question about, let me put that email up. Just go ahead and send it to Humanity Matters Podcast at gmail.com. Humanity Matters Podcast at uh, gmail.com. And so, Mr. Kendi and his uh, book, this is our view, Anti-Racist Baby. And so it is authored by him and illustrations are done by uh, Ashley. Uh, forgive me on the name. I'll try to keep it as phonetically as possible. Luca Chavesky. Luca Chavesky. All right. And so uh, that's that book. And so if you don't know anything about Dr. Uh, Ibram Kendi, uh, he's been quite influential in the past few years uh, regarding his work regarding anti-racism, all right? And it's had a very significant impact culturally, socially, and yes, even uh, politically, uh, and arguably the world. And especially really, uh, his work has really taken off, especially in light of what happened last year in 2020. 2020 was really a, a watershed moment regarding race and understanding race in America. And I think it's important that we do not overlook that. I think the two most significant things is class and race related to an American. I think uh, a lot of the stuff really boils down to class. Got it. There's some issues of race, how individuals interact with one another. Uh, but 2020 did highlight that, you know, there's some discussion still to be had and people want to have on race. Uh, there are those who want to continue to do work, to continue to improve relationships. And there are others, I think, who are just using race uh, as a means to <laughs> assume more power. But that's a whole other video. So, you know, now Dr. Kendi, uh, he's currently the director of the Center for Anti-Racist Research at Boston University. Uh, he has published works include the 2018 Stamp from the Beginning, The Definitive History 
of racist ideas in America in 2019. Uh, his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, and most recently, uh, this year's 400 Souls, a Com- Community History of Africa, America, African America. All right. So as a definition, Dr. Kendi uh, defines his approach of anti-racism and addressing uh, racial inequities and anti-racist. And this is quotes. Uh, and I'll put links to where I'm getting this from uh, coming directly from Ibram Kendi. I like to go to the horse's mouth. All right. Uh, so he says this and I uh, quote. Uh, an anti-racist is one who is supporting an anti-racist policy through their actions or expressing an anti-racist idea. Close quote. So Dr. Kennedy seeks to move the cause for racism away from individual behavior, which we'll see in this book, finding it instead or locating it in systems or policies or institutions, right? And so a person who is an anti-racist is supporting anti-racist ideas as they are revealed through policy. Okay. Uh, it's these that need to change these institutions, uh, these policies, all right, these systems to bring about equity. Now that's the other key t- term equity. Pay attention to that. All right. So it is safe to say that Dr. Kendi, all right, observes as the influential variable regarding different outcomes between racial groups, all right, is due to these racist policies. And so it's necessary to have anti-racist policies, okay? So he further advances, and I quote, a racist is someone who is supporting a racist policy by their actions or listen to this, inaction or expressing a racist idea, close quote, all right? So his solution to racist discrimination, and I quote, the only remedy to racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination, close quote. Thus, discrimination is required to address racial inequity, according to Dr. Kendi. So pay attention to that. Either way, so to address discrimination, on the basis of race, right? There is a need for anti-racist discrimination. The key variable in there is discrimination. So it begs the question, well, who is being discriminated negatively against and who is being discriminated positively, right? It's a question you got to ask yourself, all right? So all the above quotes, like I said, I'll put it in the, the notes section uh, that is from Dr. Kendi himself, and you can read that. So Dr. Kendi needs to move theory to praxis, okay? He's got these big books, right, that can, you know, sell over people's heads. So how can we get theory to praxis? So one of the ways has been through the publishing of a children's book. Children's book, Anti-Racist Baby, published in 2020. So it's an illustrated short book, which offers nine specific principles uh, with some advice for parents and caregivers to continue discussion, right? So nine principles are laid out in the book. And then in the back, 
there's a section for parents and caregivers, all right, to continue the discussion with their children. And I would add, this is a book that you could find and could be used in um, a K first or first grade classroom, just to be honest, just the illustration that's being used. Uh, just really the simple phrasing that is used in the book. Uh, it would be, quote unquote, appropriate for that grade level to be read to or for a child who is a um, new reader uh, to begin to use that book uh, for his or her own uh, reading development. So as far as the illustrations, right, the illustrations have a great use of color, you know, interesting ways in which uh, people are are drawn or illustrated. Okay, uh, the illustrations offer different pictures of what a family can resemble. So you've got families that are male and female, right? With a child, you've got families that are uh, female, female. So obviously, it's two lesbians who are in relationship with one another, um, and then you've got uh, male to male, right? So. All of these different types of families are represented in this book, all right? Also, pictures of protest, all right? It's kind of what, how the book opens. As you can see, even uh, on uh, the cover here, I put this image back up. We see right there, um, we have this, uh, I'm assuming the father who is uh, carrying his daughter, you know, strapped like awesome father, right? Um, and you'll see when you look in the book, the father is holding up a fist and then there's other images in which there are people, you know, you know, climate change, uh, climate justice is racial justice is another, uh, picket sign that talks about equity, um, all in this context. So there's a lot of things that are being said and not said, uh, that are used through, uh, the illustrations and then images that seek to reinforce this idea regarding equity. Dr. Philip Fletcher, Humanity Matters Weekly, and we are doing a review of Dr. Kendi's 2020 book, Anti-Racist Baby, which is uh, designed uh, for young kids in which a parent or a caregiver could read to, or and also I think it could be used in an elementary school uh, setting. And so we're just working through uh, this book. Nine principles, right? So the first is open your eyes to all skin colors. Okay. Nobody could argue with that. As an addendum, so there's the principle and then uh, what's laid out is kind of an explanation of that principle. And so a critique is laid about color blindness, all right? And how color blindness is not the way that we are to look. We shouldn't look at people color blind, right? But that we should see all skin color. So color blindness is a liberal idea, okay? And what we is meant by color blindness is kind of echoing what Dr. Martin Luther King talked about through his work during the civil rights movement during the 50s and 60s, even up until his death in 1968. But most famously said in his I Have a Dream speech in which, you know, he famously said to be judged by the uh, content of one's character, not by the color of one's skin. Right. And so people have walked away, you know, thinking, hey, I don't see color. 
Now, here's where I find agreement with Dr. Kenny in his book. We should acknowledge skin color. There's all different types of hues, right? You know, from a religious perspective, you know, God made me this way. You know, if you want to understand it from a evolutionary uh, geographic perspective, you know, depending on, you know, where you were born or uh, groups of people are living, you know, because of the sun and nearness to the equator or, you know, you know, they're further north. You know, there's some differences in hues based off of environment. So but either way, I do agree with him that we should recognize skin color where I disagree with him, right, is that I think it's important that we pursue a colorblind society. Or another way to put this is that we recognize and acknowledge the various hues, just like we recognize tall and short people, redheads and blondes and, you know, persons with locks and persons with afros and persons who are bald and blue-eyed, green-eyed, hazel-eyed type persons, right? But what we don't do is what we don't do is discriminate against an individual because of a physical characteristic in which they had no control over. All right. So in that sense, we should pursue color blindness, right? That we develop associations, right? Develop interactions, so on and so forth, right? Based off of the content and quality of one's character and personality, not their physical trait that they didn't have any control over, right? So that's the first principle. Open your eyes to all skin colors. The second principle is use your words to talk about race. Now, in it, the assertion is made that people don't want to talk about race, right? Now, we can talk about race, right? But then the question becomes, what is our motive? What is our end goal in talking about race? If our end goal is to continue to develop reconciliation and healing, yes. But if the end goal is to talk about race so that the end goal is to redistribute resources, right? Because laying in the background is this word equity, which we'll get there then I think uh, we're being disingenuous as to the reason that we're talking about this very difficult topic, right? So that's the second principle. Use your words to talk about race, right? Three, point at policies as the problem, not people. So here we get to kind of one of the critical elements, the undergirding things about uh, the anti-racist thought that Dr. Ibram Kendi is putting out, right? He puts as the locus of racist thought in policies, right? Not people. So this though, here's my critique, it mitigates against personal responsibility. In the 60s and and on up into the 60s, how we understood racism was that it was located in the hearts of men and women. Men and women looked at other men and women and because they look physically different than them, they then took actions to mm, put them at a disadvantage. 
And yes, those some men specifically, right, then took those racist uh, ideas, right, and they sought to codify them, right? And so, and then the government was just like, yeah, let's do it. But here's the thing, right? This principle that he's putting at, Dr. Ibram Kending is saying that we need to address policies, not people. But it's the people who are producing these policies or these systems, right? You know, in the argument of Dr. Kendi. But this mitigates against personal responsibility because if you paid attention, especially the last two years, right? People are being held accountable, right? In terms of law enforcement, right? It's people that have to be held accountable. Because there's always the potential that whenever there's a human being involved, there's a high potential, right? That someone is going to use their power to enact some form of prejudice or discrimination against another group of people. And so I think it's important that personal responsibility have been highlighted in this book. Two, it addresses, and we need to address the issue of a lack of equal access, right? And so in this, this is where we see the first appearance of the word uh, equity within these principles, right? Now, essentially what Dr. Kendi and others are seeking are equitable outcomes, right? It kind of echoes Lyndon B. Johnson's speech that he gave at Howard University, he said it wasn't enough for equal opportunity, but the pursuit of equal outcomes. But here's the thing. Thomas Sowell talks about this on the issue of equal outcomes. And I quote, the idea that differences in outcomes are odd, if not sinister, has been repeatedly, mindlessly, repeated mindlessly from street corner demagogues to the august chambers of the Supreme Court, close quote. What are we talking about here? Is that the fact of the matter, it, fact of the matter is that even if you look in a household, right, that has two children, those two children have unequal outcomes for a host of different reasons. And so race cannot be the singular explanation as to why there are a there is a differential in outcomes between groups. I'm not saying race can't be having a part to play, but to make the argument it is the significant influential factor in that once we address race, right, that all of a sudden there's going to be these there's going to be racial equity, right? It sets up a utopian ideal that can only be sought to be achieved if some form of discrimination occurs. So that's the third principle. Point at policies as a problem, not people. Four, shout. There's nothing wrong with the people. So in it, it says we're all human beings. And I agree with that. I'm the main one talks about humanity matters. We've been made in the image and likeness of God. Uh, we have dignity and worth. 
reflecting a supreme personality, right? So yes, I agree. We are all human. But here's the thing though. Cultures are not equal for a host of different reasons. Different, we have cultures that arise, right? In different geographies. Those different geographies have different accesses to uh, resources, right? Naturally occurring resources. There are cultures um, who live in mountains, cultures who live near uh, oceans, cultures who live near uh, rivers, rivers that move so far, some rivers that move up and down a continent. Cultures have different histories that inform them, right? And so, yes, we're all human, but also cultures are not equal. We all, cultures produce different products, if you will. It's kind of redundant there, but I think you understand what I'm saying. And it's due to a number of competing variables. And the fact of the matter is, there is something wrong with us. I think there's more greatness about us than things that are wrong with us. But to assert to a child that there's nothing wrong with people, I think you are setting that child up for a rude awakening because um, life is hard and life has suffering. And it's important to note that out. So that's the fourth principle. The fifth principle, celebrate all our differences. All right. For Kendi in this, right, he makes the assertion, hey, child that's being read to, right? There's no better or worse. And then he goes on to mention that uh, there's a diversity of us. Yes, there is a diversity of men and women. There's a diversity of groups of people. But and also in that diversity, there are individuals who do things better than other individuals. There are groups of people who do things better than other groups of people. And this has nothing to do with one's race. Again, there's a number of competing variables and factors that go into why one group or one individual, let's keep it at the individual level, one individual does better than another individual. And it's and racism is not always the final explanation as to why there's different income. Uh, outcomes. So he says, celebrate all our differences. I agree. (laughs) But it's in his explanation where I disagree. So six, knock down the stack of cultural blocks. All right. And in that he talks about, and I quote, welcomes all groups voicing their unique views, close quote. So the question becomes then, right? Does this mean ideological views are welcome? Competing ideological views are welcome. So as you are talking to your child and you are reading to him or her this principle from Dr. Kennedy's book about knocking down a stack of cultural blocks, right? And that 
all welcome all groups voicing their unique views, right? So then the question becomes, does this mean ideological views are welcome? What about competing religious views? What about competing views about how men and women are in those particular um, societies? Are all of those welcome? It sounds good, right? All groups voicing their unique views are welcome. It sounds good on paper. It sounds good in a K or first or second grade classroom. But the fact of the matter is, when we when these children grow up, as they are exposed to different ideas, right? Let's keep it in the realm of two young Black Americans who are interacting with one another and they have competing viewpoints. Then what? Something to think about. Seven, confess when being racist. Now here, we're getting into some kind of type of religious type language here. There are those who've made the argument that what we see going on today is the birth of a new religion, anti-racism, wokeness, being born again, right? So on and so forth. So John McWhorter, all right, great writer, linguist, Columbia University. He said this on the religious character, right, of this movement. And I quote, the call for people to soberly acknowledge, and in this he's talking about their white privilege, but it's still appropriate for what even Kendi is talking about, okay? Continuing on, uh, acknowledge their white privilege as a self-standing totemic act is based on the same justification as acknowledging one's fundamental sinfulness is as a Christian. One is born marked by original sin. To be white is to be born with a stain of unearned privilege, close quote. So in this book, Dr. Kendi seeks to teach this young boy or girl or this teacher or this caregiver using this book is seeking to teach this young boy or girl and more specifically, this white boy or girl, that they need to confess that they have racist thoughts, they've said racist things, or they are supporting racist policies. And that needs to be confessed because a binary is set up. If you're not anti-racist, then you're racist. And a racist is, is someone who is active in what they're doing, Okay, a racist could be someone uh, who's supporting these types of policies through inaction or they're expressing a racist idea. Those are Dr. Kennedy's words. Right. So that was number seven. Confess when being racist. And number eight, grow to be an anti-racist. He says in this, well, you don't know everything. Well, I agree. We don't know everything. And it's important to grow. And one of the most important ways to grow, honestly, is by exposing oneself to competing ideas. So it would be important for this child who was taken through this anti-racist baby book 
is to be exposed to a idea like, say, for instance, colorblindness, which we talked about. And number nine, believe we shall overcome racism. Yes, I don't. <laughs> I find no disagreement there, right? I find this interesting since this entire, the spirit of the age is going on uh, right now, seeks to undo the liberal idea that was advanced by Martin Luther King about racism and racism really being located in individuals, all right? And these individuals can produce policies and systems, not disputing that, right? We have a history that's showing that, right? But I also understand we have more and more individuals post the civil rights movement who have done a lot of hard work to address systems and, and policies and things like that so that men and women are selected, admitted, you know, on the basis of who they are inside and what they can offer, not on the basis of their physical characteristic, namely their skin color. All right. So it's interesting that he invokes, we shall overcome racism, right? When that was the work of the civil rights movement. And it seems like works like this are seeking to resurrect racism and put it on another group of people. So the book ends with guiding questions for parents and caregivers. Again, these seek to reinforce uh, the ideas that were found in the book, the praxis, but also the theory, okay? Advanced by Dr. Kendi regarding anti-racism, the primacy of policies over individuals, and this idea if a child does not pursue anti-racist posture, he or she is by implication racist. Thus, even in this child's book, Dr. Kendi infers children who do not align with these principles, he or she is immediately on the road towards racism and upholding what he asserts as a white supremacist system. Even as you open the book in the dedication, you see it talks about the state, which I can talk about all day, about the problems with the state. All right. But also the white supremacist system. Man. So the uh, second thing is that this book creates a dangerous precedent. OK. By removing the genesis of any type of. Behavior which dehumanizes and it places it in non-personalized institutions. Right. Even if you took down all the institutions, whatever those are. Right. Until the hearts of an individual chain, until people are in interpersonal relationships, which are healthy. Racism is going to continue on. Something to think about there. And so third, Dr. Kendi's insistence on this utopian idea of equitable outcomes ignores the multitude of variables which influence the outcomes of individuals who are spread all across our nation. So lastly, I want to say this to parents. I would strongly encourage you to inspect the actual books in your, your libraries and your classrooms for your students for this upcoming school year. If you have a concern, you have to do that hard work, investigate, 
the curriculum, the actual curriculum, all right, and question teachers and the administration. To go even further, if 2019 taught us anything, parents can educate students at home or y'all can create a co-op. Something to think about. I'm convinced this praxis will take on a new life in the 21-22 school year. So do I recommend this child book? No, I don't, unless you're going to just use it for research, right? I would encourage you to advance the liberal idea, and I'm going to say it, of colorblindness, right? Of acknowledging the fullness of a human being while not using their physical characteristics, which are beyond our control, as the determining factor for association or any form of relationship. All right. Discrimination is costly and discrimination on the basis of someone's physical characteristic. That's costly. So let, let's continue to do better. Right. Let's continue to advance that. Just I just think it was a word of what they say, the rhyme, a rhema word from God. That men and women should be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. You know, these types of texts set our nation back as it takes the very things others fought against, right? Namely being judged by skin color and then turn around (laughs) and use it to obtain a utopian ideal, an ideal sought to be achieved through racial discrimination. So that is my review of Dr. Ibram Kendi's book, Anti-Racist Baby, published in 2020. Again, I'll put up the cover right there. This has been a review of Anti-Racist Baby. Again, you want to connect with me, connect with me on my various social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, on the World Wide Web, watching this on YouTube. Hey, subscribe to my YouTube channel. I greatly appreciate it. Look in the playlist, a lot of great content uh, dealing with this subject and a lot of other subjects as well, especially related to freedom and the dignity and worth of human beings. Um, if you found any value, become a Patreon supporter. I would greatly appreciate it. Just go over to Patreon and look up uh, Philip Flesher's, put my name in, and $5 a month. I would greatly appreciate it to uh, continue this work. Also, if you're not a video watcher, right, this will also be available on my podcast. You can go over to anchor.fm, just put in Humanity Matters Podcast, and you'll see this. Or wherever you get your podcast content, Spotify, Google, Apple, and also leave a review. Give me one star, a whole bunch of stars. Hey, I take it all. That's how I become uh, better and to provide better content. And so... I appreciate y'all very much. And as always, remember to be loved, to be kind, and to be generous. And I will catch you in the week. Take care. God bless. Thank you for joining us at the Humanity Matters Podcast. For more information, visit our website, philipfletcher.org. Like us on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Remember to be loved, be kind, be generous. If we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible.